Welcome to the FinTech One-on-One Podcast, episode number 303. This is your host, Peter Renton, chairman and co-founder of Lended FinTech. Before we start this episode, I want to tell you about a brand new event from Lended FinTech. FinTech Nexus, the Dealmakers Summit, will be the first major in-person fintech event of the past 18 months. A hand-curated audience of venture capitalists, bankers, fintechs, and debt investors will be meeting face-to-face at an event 100% focused on doing deals. It will be happening in Miami on September 1st and 2nd. You can apply to join and find out more at lendit.com. Today on the show, I'm delighted to welcome Steve Mazinski. He is the CEO and founder of Splash Financial. Now, Splash is a really interesting company. They've created a loan marketplace. Unlike pretty much anything else that's out there, they are focused on the student loan refi market right now, and they work with banks and credit unions, and they integrate tightly with these lenders uh, in an interesting way, which we, we get into in some depth. We also talk about their, their underwriting and how they're applying automation to be able to automate many loans. We talk about the different uh, the, the different ways they work work with these community banks. Uh, I'll talk about uh, their big funding round that uh, they just closed and much more. It was a fascinating interview. Hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the podcast, Steve. Thanks, Peter. Really excited to uh, share our story. Okay. Well, let's get started by just giving some background to the listeners. Why don't you give them some of the highlights of what you did before Splash? Yeah, so I am proof point that you don't have to have experience in a space to start a company. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, I graduated from Ohio State in 2011 uh, from their honors uh, business program. And then I went to work for GE in their financial management program, which is, chain, which is uh, training business line C, uh, CFOs to run different components. So I was in the uh, energy sector and when I went to Ohio State, I had a student loan. My parents took out a loan for me. A lot of my friends had student loan debt. And it really was around the concept of the government was charging people seven, eight, nine percent in interest rates on their loans. Uh, the idea for Splash was trying to figure out a way to privatize a portion of the market to help people not have to get stuck in so much debt. But like I led with. I knew nothing about the space. And so diving in, you know, definitely was a challenge. Okay. But so obviously when you started doing your research, you would have found, you know, companies like SoFi uh, that, are, that have already been doing this. Uh, at least they really, they really started the refinancing movement, uh, certainly in the last decade. But so what, what was it that sort of, you know, tell us about what you wanted to do, seeing that there were others out there. What did you want to do differently? Yeah, so this was this was 2013. So at the time, SoFi wasn't really doing refinancing. Uh, SoFi was still running their model of connecting alumni at colleges right. uh, to undergraduates to finance their social financial loan, which was the name SoFi. Yep. Um, the concept for Splash, and at the time, it was uh, actually a company called LendUlink, and eventually it migrated into into Splash was trying to help parents save more for their, 
their child's college education. And so trying to help people not have to take out as much debt. But we were utilizing deposit data uh, that they would save in banks and credit unions to create better analytics around a student loan. So if they needed to borrow for their child, instead of going to the government's Parent PLUS loan program, they could take out a loan with their private bank or credit union that would leverage their deposit history to know that they were a good risk to uh, lend to. And in theory, that would allow the private lender to offer a better rate than the government. Right. Right. So then, so you started doing that, but then when, when did you, well, tell us a little bit about the history then of, of Splash and when you, when you pivoted it, I know it was, uh, it used to be called grad school loans, I think. And you're focused on, you're focusing on like medical uh, students, but tell us a little bit about that trend, you know, the, the history there. Yeah. So we went through a couple paths with the company and the initial concept holds a lot of merit there are some challenges with the model that you learn when you're a first time founder. And I think a lot of times you really need to be willing to pivot and be open to market feedback. And it was very challenging since one of the issues with the original product was that banks and credit unions need to reserve capital the minute that they approve someone for a loan. So if you're a parent and you're saving for your child and child's in sophomore junior year of high school, and the bank says, great, you're, you're going to be approved for this loan so you know that you don't have to go to the government anymore. The minute that happens, even if you don't end up taking that loan in the future, the bank needs to reserve capital against it. And right. so the unit economics just did not work on that product. And as we were working on it, we realized that SoFi had uh, navigated in the student loan refi space. It was a very hot sector. Uh, And we saw an opportunity to help a lot of my friends that were in medical school, uh, had just graduated and started the residency. And the unique element of these professional, of these professionals, these doctors, is that they don't make very much money, but they have a ton of debt. Mm -hmm. So they have 60, they might make $60,000 and have $250,000 in debt. And at this time, SoFi actually did not have a product for medical residents and fellows. So their Splash was one of the first companies to launch a product to help these doctors refinance their student loans, defer their payments while they're in training. And three months after launching that, SoFi rolled out a competitive product. And so (laughs) this was actually a really good thing for us because it helped us really take a look in the mirror and think about the bigger picture of why do we exist as a company and what value are we trying to bring into the world? Mm-hmm. And this was how we really came up with the evolution of Splash. This is back in 2017. And, and this really started the ideation phase of, of where we're at today, where we wanted to marry bank and credit union capital. The community banks and credit unions, not necessarily the top tier banks that have all the technology and the major investment, but the ones that are unable to participate in the digital infrastructure and digital ecosystem. Let's try to marry those financial institutions with a traditional marketplace model Mm -hmm. in order to help consumers win and gain access to lower rates, better experience. And so that's what we we really set out to do in 2017. And I think we've succeeded in a, a large degree at this point, and we're always trying to push the envelope. But We've definitely allowed for billions of loans to be financed by 
lenders that that consumers wouldn't have known uh, existed without Splash. Right. Uh, right. And and that via our, our automated lending platform has helped make the process incredibly easy for consumers. It's helped banks and credit unions gain access to new customers. You know, and and I think it's really been a, a win for everyone. But it's definitely been a nonlinear journey, you know, in trying to figure out product market fit. Right, right. Understood, understood. So, so maybe you can describe the marketplace in a bit more detail, and and also tell us how you're different from other um, student loan marketplaces. We know there are certainly there there are others out there. So, tell us uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So. We love the marketplace model. I think the companies out there are doing a great job. There's been a lot of innovation over the last few years that allows consumers to follow one form and gain access to a network of lenders with a soft credit pull and get real offers. And, and I think that's a major evolution since the clickouts where you have to land on a page, click on an offer, go through a hard pull, go back to the page, do the same thing 10 times over. And so the unique element of Splash is we do that too. You come to Splash, you fill out a form, you get access to a network of lenders uh, with real offers. But we go a step further in owning more of the tech process and really working maniacally to, to add more lenders into the market that don't exist today. And that's, I think, where there's a clear differentiation in a lot of marketplaces are repurposing existing offers from could be a lender, it, it could be from you know uh, just a, a bank that has a savings account or credit card or whatever it might be, but they're repurposing offers. At Splash, we built the technology to allow banks and credit unions to launch a product, and that allows for us to have better access to credit, better ability to approve people, and traditionally lower rates. Okay, so then how? How does it work? Because most, uh, when I mentioned every bank and credit union is going to be slightly different with what they want. Some of them are going to have a pretty similar credit box, you know, I would think. But how, like, how is it having, you know, a dozen, whatever, more and more banks and credit unions? I mean, how does, is it helpful? Because, I mean, are they all different? Or tell us a little bit about the, the, the requirements that your investors have. Yeah, they, they actually are all different. Everyone looks at credit a little differently. And while it may be nuanced or slight, every differential allows for a better ability to approve a price. So we have some partners that are willing to go lower on, on FICO, depending on other criteria. We have other lenders that are willing to go higher on debt to income based on certain criteria that could be Degree, it, it could be you know major uh, uh, many different credit aspects, but when you add up all of these different ones, you're able to approve more people. There are lenders in the markets, uh, not just on Splash but everywhere, that have very small school lists, and so the consumer doesn't know this. You might be sitting there with an 825 FICO, and you go to one particular lender and you might get denied because the school that you graduated from is not a school that they accept. <laughs> and so when you just look at things like that, by going to a marketplace like Splash has, you can just get access to many different credit boxes, pricing guides, and, and things like that. So I, I would say they do price differently to provide coverage okay. to more consumers. 
Okay, so then do, do you work with any school if someone's gone to a four-year school? I mean, is, like what, what are the limitations there? Yeah, we work with any school. So uh, as long as you've graduated and we're working on uh, expanding our model today to allow for refinancing if you haven't graduated, that's mm-hmm. something that we really find uh, important to provide greater access to credit is that's one of the things that we really care about as a company. But today you have to have you have to have graduated from your degree. It could be a two-year program. It could be a four-year program. So, you know, it, it doesn't even necessarily only have to be a four-year. It, we even can do for-profit schools, uh, which a lot of lenders shy away from. I think that there are some major challenges in higher education, obviously, in pushing people towards for-profit schools and the, the uh, amount of people that maybe don't graduate and get stuck in a debt cycle. But if you've graduated from one of these programs, why should you be stuck with a private loan that you took out originally that's 11, 12%? You know, it was really important to us to try to figure out some solutions to help some of these people refinance to a rate that could be 4% range as an example, you know, and so that, that was important to us. And so we have that option as well. So then, so you're focused on bringing in new lenders. I mean, do you also work with lenders? I imagine there are some that would have an existing program or do you really shy away from them? What's, what's the mix like that? Yeah, we, we work with them as well. The way we think about it is, is trying to serve the consumer as best we can. Uh, and a lot of marketplaces really shy away from bringing on some of the largest lenders due to the fees that those lenders might pay, which is kind of ridiculous when you think about it. But it it makes sense from a business perspective. It's kind of frustrating from a consumer perspective that you go to a place and you say, hey, I want access to the market. And now you don't get get access to the market because of a fee negotiation issue with the platform and the lender. Mm-hmm. So we really try our best to bring on as many partners as possible and to make it work for everybody. And so we kind of break our partners up into something we call an API partner and a full platform partner. The full platform is going to be running on uh, Splash's loan origination system, which we're focused on automated loans, trying to make loans without human intervention and doing it as quickly as possible. We have a very robust underwriting and credit team that works on behalf of our bank and credit union partners. But the API partners are really the ones that you just mentioned of if you have an existing product and you have the ability to pass over your rates, we will enter a consumer wants with information on Splash, we'll send you information, you will send us back your rates. And in many instances, those will be the rates that are presented to the consumer and the consumer could possibly finish that application on that lender's website. And so we really try to marry the, the best of both worlds. Okay, so then are you able to, I know that that, that, is, that is the model that most marketplaces go to that at some point in time, they hand it over to the lender's website. Are you also able to sort of complete an application just on Splash and how does that work? Yeah, so for people that are fully integrated into our full tech stack with our uh, automated lending platform, we would do everything for them. So it's a, a complete service. We will even do uh, loan disbursement files. Uh, boarding the loan onto a servicing system. Uh, so we do everything. We approve right now about two-thirds of our loans inside of 24 hours. Uh, we have a subset of that that are approved inside of an hour and a, a subset of that are approved in just minutes. We're working to approve loans instantly. And so that's the focus for this year. 
is to actually allow us to be able to approve loans in seconds for lenders that are uh, fully embedded in our technology. Right, right, got it. So, can you can you give us some names here? I mean, I, when I was doing some research here, I noticed you had, uh, you know, PenFed uh, was there was um, some news out about them. They were a major partner of yours. It was a couple of years ago now that I saw it. But can you tell us some of the some of the lenders that you're working with? Sure. Yeah. Uh, so PenFed has been a great partner of ours. Uh, First Tech Federal Credit Union. We work with Teachers Federal Credit Union. We also work with a few banks, Fulton Bank, Westfield Bank, uh, and we continue to bring on additional lending partners that are in the pipeline. But right now, we're able to provide some amazing rates from these partners. And, and the way that they think about it is, and, and this is, you know, I think, important, bank and credit unions just have a capital advantage when you think of their cost of capital. Mm-hmm. And community banks and credit unions especially are struggling to gain access to millennials and Gen Z. When you combine those two items and the overall fight right now for consumers, when you're looking at neobanks and fintechs, uh, and then you're looking at the competition going on between them and uh, and banks and credit unions, a lot of these small institutions have been completely left out. And so Splash, we kind of can act as that that access point, that technology platform that bridges the gap and provides them access to these consumer segments. And when you combine that with their cost of capital advantage, they're able to offer incredibly low rates. And so that's where our focus is uh, primarily as a company, continuing to add on more of these partners and really being that access point that sort of is the fintech that's working on behalf of the, the banks and credit unions to help them gain access and scale that's really where we want to play. Right, right. Okay, okay. That makes sense. So then can we talk a little bit about, about the loans themselves? I mean, what what are the, I mean, obviously you're working with a bunch of different lenders. Everyone's going to have slightly different uh, rates and, uh, and credit boxes, as you said, but what's the range? What's a sort of a typical rate and loan term that, uh, that you're underwriting? Yeah, so the general range, and obviously this is specific to the month and time because it's it's highly uh, interest rate sure. sensitive. So rates right now are at all time lows. Uh, it's really been there's been some mass competition that actually has a couple components going on. Uh, you have COVID and the mass reduction in interest rates that occurred as a result of that that drove the LIBOR rate down and essentially cost of funds for many lenders are still low. So rates are an all-time low, but many people have seen rates kind of go up since then. And in most asset classes, when you look at mortgage and others, I mean, rates have ticked up, but student loans, refi have not. And that's because the government right now has a policy that has paused federal student loan payments and reduced interest rates to 0%, a bit of a payment holiday, due to the challenges that COVID has caused to the labor market, especially for people searching out their first-time job. That's set to expire at the end of September. So essentially, you have a massive TAM reduction mm-hmm. where you might have $1.7 trillion in student loans and maybe $500 billion are really good credit, so they would get a great rate at a refi company. But only $100 billion of those are private student loans. So if you think about that, the total addressable market is 20% of the size. So there's a bit of a food fight right now with all lenders trying to gain access to 
the remaining customers that are looking to refinance. So that's driven some some major rate compression. So we're seeing average rates in the threes right now fixed. Wow. I mean, it is it is very low. It's um, like a mortgage. <laughs> it it is like a mortgage. We are seeing like the the low rate fixed for us right now is this is a point in time. So this is May of 20, 2021 or uh, Peter, I don't know how you want to deal with the 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 time, you know. So uh, yeah, May of, of twenty twenty one. That's yeah. Fine. Yeah, so this is May of 2021. So the low rate on our platform is 2.54% fixed. You know, this is lower than a mortgage that you would get. And that's right. crazy because it's unsecured consumer credit. Yeah. Uh, the, the terms range on our platform from five years to 25 years in payback. And, you know, you have many options in between, uh, in between those, but uh, the, the rates are just incredibly low. And that's great. It, it's able to, we, we get reviews all the time of people that say they dropped a rate from 10% to 3% or 11% to 4%. And the amount of money on, let's call it a $100,000 loan is staggering. Oh yeah. Like you can compound that and figure it out and you could be saving that person 30, 40, 50, maybe even a hundred thousand dollars, depending on the loan term. Right. Uh, and that is life changing. Uh, amount of money. So that's why marketplaces, not just Splash, the other marketplaces I think out there as well, are important to allow people to actually compare offers because, you know, that person might have gotten denied if they just went to one lender and then given up and right. saddled with this debt. Uh, and so that's why marketplaces in general are pretty important. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I, I wanted to spend a second, if we could, on your underwriting. You mentioned that you're trying to move towards, you know, instant underwriting, but maybe you could tell us a little bit about how your underwriting process works now, what kind of data you're using and how you're being, how you're trying to move towards automated. Yeah. So every lender has different credit underwriting, right? So we essentially underwrite on behalf of them with many different data points. So depending on the data points that they have, it could or could not allow for an automated underwriting process. We are trying to move as much to auto underwrite as possible, but essentially underwriting is a series of rules, right? So what you're doing is whether a human does it for the most part or whether a computer does it, it's just a checklist and a guide. It's making sure that things are done properly. So as the as technology has evolved and has companies like Plaid and, and others have really provided greater access to what's called first-party data or real-time data, you can actually reduce fraud by tapping into some of those data systems, not right. ask for a pay stub or not ask for a diploma, which all it takes is some really good Photoshop skills to be able to fudge that. Yep. But working with back-end data systems to pull real-time info will allow for the automation. So right now, uh, our loans really have an auto assist. A lot of the back end is automated. We just have humans that double check everything until we can confirm that we feel confident in the models and the process that there's not going to be a loan that slips through that really should have gotten uh, a different rate or something like that, as it is obviously on behalf of our, our lending partners. So that's pretty important. But right now we have an auto assist where a lot on the back end actually is fairly automated. Right. And so for those for those banks and credit unions that really you have your loan origination system they're, they're using, I mean, I imagine then that you you have their complete credit box, you have you have like your 
you're doing you're not you're not going back out or are you going back out to the lender um, for approval or do you know this is approved we we know and and that was part that was a really important part of the model because there are systems that require you to go back out to the lender and a lot of these community banks or credit unions are they don't have tons of resources and so an instantaneous timeline is not realistic if you had to go out to somebody Right. And so that was very important for us to try to continuously build the process where the lenders trust us to underwrite as a vendor of theirs, you know, and, and we are an extension of their in-house underwriting team. Right. Uh, and they trust us and give us the, the credit guide. Uh, That's really interesting because then you could, you're not sort of hamstrung or limited, shall we say, to the tech expertise of the community bank or credit union. Obviously, they're going to have to have some, but they all have some, um, right? right? Um, so you don't need to do like a, a full a full scale integration if they're if you're just you're just sort of almost taking their underwriting team for the refi for the student loans anyway, and and bringing it over to you. So I can see how you your 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 addressable market of possible community banks is probably pretty large, right? Exactly. And that's the amazing part of what we're doing, where we believe that we're taking offline traditional lenders and moving them into the digital age via our platform, because you don't have to invest the resources internally as a a credit union or community bank, where you have limited budget, you have limited bodies, and this could go on a two-year roadmap, you know, if you didn't have someone like Splash that could get live in 60 days. So, you know, this provides for a tremendous opportunity to, to scale an asset category that you want to participate. Right, right. That makes sense. So, so then what is your business model exactly? I mean, are you, is this like a, a, a SaaS type model where you're doing like a monthly subscription or is this you're taking an underwriting fee or is there a combination? How, how does it work? Yeah, we, we take a loan processing fee and then sort of a lead gen fee. As you think about the two different business models combined, you really have your lead gen and then you have your, your backend underwriting processing. So we combine mm-hmm. those two. There are elements of SaaS to it, but I tend to think of SaaS in a very specific way, which is a per seat license or you know a monthly subscription fee or something like that. And we've really stayed away from those types of models because it it allows the way we structure today has better alignment where we can grow on the front end consumer acquisition side and grow our revenue as a company while also hitting what the banks and credit unions want. Whereas if you have a misalignment and you're charging a per seat or a uh, monthly subscription you're going to start getting out of whack on the revenue model. And so that, that's why we like sort of aligning, right. uh, uh, aligning what we're all looking for. So even though you have your own, like they're, they're running on your software, the loan origination system, it's still on a per transaction basis. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. So I want to switch gears just a, a minute here and talk about your, your fundraising that you've done. You closed a, a big series B recently. So why don't you tell the listeners about that process? Yeah, so uh, it, it actually was a unique process because of what was going on in the world with COVID. Mm-hmm. So I've historically been used to traveling around and going to a lot of different meetings, but uh, for this one, you really just stack your schedule with 
a bunch of Zoom calls throughout a day and, and over a couple of weeks. But it's about a uh, little bit north of a $40 million Series B. Our investors are, are great. Some new investors that are, are joining our group include uh, partners of DST Global, City Ventures, Detroit Venture Partners, and, and a few others. Uh, and then we just have great support from some of our existing investors as well, who we're, we're lucky to have, such as CMFG Ventures, Northwestern Mutual Future Ventures. So like, we've just been lucky over the years to find such great investors that are willing to support our vision and, and where we're trying to take, uh, take the company. And then who, who also really share our corporate values. That's been very important to us as well. That's great. Yeah, congratulations. So uh, we're almost out of time, but a couple more things I want to get to. I'd love to get a sense of, of the scale you guys are at today. I mean, can you maybe give us some, some metrics there? Yeah. So at this point, we're, we're doing billions of loans. We are working on actually expanding out into new uh, asset categories. So uh, it's really important for us if someone goes to Splash right now, they would see us as a student loan refi only company. Right. But we are working on uh, expanding out a couple other other products to further support our mission of enabling a, a faster and less expensive financial world. That's not just student loans. People sure. have debt in a lot of different categories. People are struggling in a lot of different ways. And our goal is to really help provide lower cost of capital with banking credit union support and, and do it as quickly as possible. And so- so that's really what we're focused on. Right. And what, what's, what's your headcount these days? Headcount is uh, we, we just cleared 100. We'll probably be 180 or so by the end of the year. I think back to the days of early 2018 when we were five people or seven right. people. And, you know, the, uh, the scale is pretty immense at this point. But as we continue to scale uh, the company, we have a lot of interest and talent. Uh, I know tons of people listen to to this podcast. So if you have any interest uh, <laughs> in Splash, we're a completely remote company looking for amazing talent. Uh, so definitely uh, hit us up. And that's and so you're based in Cleveland, right? We're based in Cleveland. We prior to the pandemic, we're hiring everybody in Cleveland, right. um, and the pandemic has been terrible in so many ways. But I, I think it helped open up our eyes and, and the world's eyes really to uh, remote work and how you can just look at scaling a company with the best people wherever they're located versus a 15 mile vicinity of your yeah, it's it, it is it's limiting when you've got the whole the whole nation out there, or even beyond the beyond the the country. I mean, you've got a lot of any any anyone with with a good internet connection. You know, it just it makes it. I mean, I feel like that is. I, I've spoken to many CEOs in recent months, and they all pretty much everyone now hires anywhere ge- geographically. It's not uh, as long as you can do the job. And I think that's uh, that's that's a huge change um, to yeah. what uh, what we used to do. You have to, because uh, I can tell you that we've had engineers that were based in Cleveland poached from, you know, Facebook and Amazon uh, came in and, and are stealing our engineers. So we're grabbing engineers from Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Google, <laughs> it, like you, there's everyone's competing for talent. And if you keep with the old school mindset of everyone needs to be located in one area, some of the best companies in the world are going to grab your talent, but you're not going to be able to go outside of your vicinity and you're going to be left with a, a 
reduced talent force, you know, you're, you're, you're just going to struggle. Right. Right. That makes sense. Okay. So, so the last question, I mean, you've, you've sort of talked around a few things that you want to have coming down the road, but as you look out over the next you know, six or 12 months, what, what are you mainly focused on? We're focused on a few things. I, I think the first thing is speed. So trying to do everything we can to make the process as easy as possible for consumers. And that involves automation, that involves removing unnecessary processes from a form. So that is definitely core to what we're focused on, which is dramatically scaling up our engineering team to focus on automation. The second is product expansion and trying to recognize that there's a big opportunity in unsecured consumer credit, as an example, where a lot of community banks and credit unions are not really playing in the space. They have a product but they're not able to access digital marketplaces because of lack of technology and Splash solves that. And so we're gonna be focused on continuing to support our customers and more customers that you know maybe don't play in the student loan refi segment. It's a, student loan refi is a very specific category. Sure. You have to have a student loan. And right now you have to have a private student loan, which even narrows it even further. Right. So, when you think about credit card debt, which is just debilitating to a lot of people, I think there are ways to help people shop and save for that product in, in better ways than maybe uh, exists today. And you know that that's an area that we're we're definitely going to look at. Okay, Steve, we'll have to leave it there. Um, really interesting chatting with you. Best of luck, and thanks for coming on the show today. Yeah, thanks so much, Peter. Really uh, had a great time. Okay, see ya. Thanks. You know, I'm fascinated by this concept of intelligent marketplaces. While we've had you know, marketplaces around for years, uh, maybe even decades, they've been mostly you know, a lead gen tool where they'll pass the lead on to, to one of the lenders. But, the, but an intelligent loan marketplace, like what uh, they're building at Splash Financial, is, is really interesting because it, it provides a lot of value for the consumer. They know they, they don't have to go around and apply in different places, and they know they can get a really good deal because they're getting many, many uh, lenders' uh, input to decide which one would have the best deal for them. So I think Steve is right. There's a long future for, for these kinds of marketplaces. It's a win-win, a win for, in his case, the banks and the credit unions and a win for the consumer. So be very interested to see how the progress of Splash Financial uh, you know, takes place uh, over, the, over the next uh, few years. Anyway, on that note, I will sign off. I very much appreciate you listening and I'll catch you next time. Bye. Before we go, I want to remind you about the brand new event from Lended Fintech. Fintech Nexus, the Dealmakers Summit, will be the first major in-person fintech event of the past 18 months. A hand-curated audience of venture capitalists, bankers, fintechs, and debt investors will be meeting face-to-face at an event 100% focused on doing deals. It will be happening in Miami on September 1st and 2nd. You can apply to join and find out more at Lended.com.